Welcome to the Gridiron Icon Podcast, where we visit with legends of the game. Touchdown! Touchdown! Including players and coaches from the NFL, college football, and beyond. And now, fresh off the end of the bench, Stacy Bauman and NFL legend Preston Denard. All right, welcome into Gridiron Icon, the podcast. We are back in the saddle after an extended holiday for myself and number 88, my co-host and friend, Mr. Preston Denard. Good to see you, man. How are you? I am extremely excited to be right here on the screen, as you know well, <laughs> and others do not. Um, we had to take a hiatus because, hey, this old man, and might I say old man, nah. uh, 68 years <laughs> of age this past November, um, reflecting back, and uh, I was kind of down and out. A little bit of nerve issues, and so us old guys are starting to feel it a little bit. But, you know, there's one old guy that you and I know well. He always looks the same. And, you know, and I'm just wondering, does he still have a fractured Left leg. Ooh. He could go play in the Super Bowl this weekend. Mm. My buddy Jack Youngblood, happy birthday to my dear friend. We love him dearly. <laughs> One of the best to ever do it. Number 85. Yes, uh, sir. Proudly displayed next to you behind me if you've got our YouTube channel up for those that are listening and watching. I got to tell you, man, what a special player. What a special yeah. team. Yeah. What a special yeah. time for Rams fans. Mm -hmm. So cool, man. Happy birthday to number 85, one of the best to ever put on a helmet. Yep. Incredible, my man. Well, listen, uh, you are not old, my friend. <laughs> for those who are uh, that can see this podcast visually, Preston looks like 20 years younger than me. So uh, dealing with a little I, bit of injuries. I got I, rid I, of it. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, we're, we're done with the goat. We're done with yeah. facial hair. No, I think not, it added not, 10 years of youth to your face. <laughs> you know what? I've been that way most of my life. It's just these short few, two, three years here that I've started wearing the, 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 the nice, you know, hairy stuff. Yeah. I like this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. The only thing that matters is what does the wife think? Like, is she? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'm in my own world. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Very nice. Very nice. Well, there you have it, folks. We're happy to be back. And we're going to talk football over the next 30 minutes or so. It is NFL Championship Weekend, and we have missed out on a lot of big news. Some coaches fired, some coaches not hired. So let's <laughs> jump in right with that, because I think we're seeing a very interesting shift in the NFL yeah. that someone like you can give a lot of perspective on as a former player. I got to tell you, this thing with Bill Belichick and the Atlanta Falcons was interesting. Two interviews, doesn't get hired. They go out and get the dynamic. They take our defensive coordinator. They take Raheem Morris from our Rams squad. Mm -hmm. I, what is going on? We've got a, Bill, a, a coach in Belichick that's won multiple super, many people consider the goat of coaching, not so much after Brady <laughs> left him. Right. I feel like there's a cultural shift in the NFL. We're seeing guys under 40 years old running NFL franchises yet. And you didn't live in that era. Malavasi, Robinson, Tom Landry is a friend. I, mm -hmm. 
What are we seeing in the NFL? What happened with Bill Belichick at 71 years of age from your perspective? Chuck, the Chuck Knowles, the George Allens, uh, the Seaforts, and all these Goats. guys that Goats. had years and years of prep and experience and design and development and all of a sudden creating their own genres of success in professional sports. And yes, yeah. it, it, the trend is changing. It's, uh, you know, the Bible said it was going to happen this way. <laughs> We're going through changes now. Prophetic. And, and, pro- prophetic <laughs> and, and the world as well. Um, you know, I'm a little different guy. Rightly so. I think timing is of essence. We are out of the game. We, you know, we were just talking about how young I am, 68. Are you kidding? A hundred years ago I played and the game was totally different um, as far as some of the ingredients in it. But yes, the mindset as far as the leadership and the direction and the coaching, yes, it's going a lot younger. There's a number of reasons for that. And I think the trend of Folks getting into coaching and desiring to coach at the pro level, there's a lot more players getting that opportunity, Mm. former players as well. And some sports have um, jumped ahead of other sports in involving their former players. But you're talking about the dynamics of a change today. And yes, you're not going to see the Bill Belichick's uh, coaching from this point on uh, because it's a different mindset of control in the game. That's what it's all about. That's what yeah. it's all about. It's all about control. It's all about who can manage their portfolio without a whole bunch of hands on. And that's where the old guys come from. And that's where Bilicek is most comfortable. That's where he's strong. And that's where his opinion immediately to address Anything matters because he can get to it right away. He doesn't have to wait on a general manager or a pro player personnel, whatever, to give an assessment about a direction he wants to move. And it's old school. It's control. It's this is how I've been successful. I want to hang on to this and carry it through the umbrella in the rain. Doesn't matter what it is. This is how I became who I was. And this is where he's most comfortable. Yeah, it's. That's very interesting observations. I think that uh, it's really something to watch a guy that's won that many Super Bowls mm-hmm. that you're thinking is a no-brainer go mm-hmm. in for two interviews and a front yeah. office staff walk away and go, eh. Yeah. I mean, all rumors are it's not a cultural fit. And I mean, you've probably seen this stuff too, right? Uh, mm-hmm. In recent years with Sean Payton in the Broncos locker room and, and uh Jim Harbaugh and the Ravens dancing and enjoying the music and trying to relate to the young guys. You at one time were a young guy. I think you broke in under Ray Malavasi, correct? First right. head coach. Okay. Mm-hmm. Older guy, old mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. These younger guys, do you think that on an emotional or cultural level, they relate more to today's players and that plays a big role? I mean, Belichick, he has no clue what's going on in music or TV. He probably doesn't <laughs> know who Taylor Swift is. <laughs> he probably has no clue. But the young guys are relating to the Raheem Morris's, the Sean McVeigh's, the mm-hmm. the younger guys better. Do you think that plays mm-hmm. a part? Oh yeah, it, it sure does. It's the times. It's a uh, it's a different presentation of the game. Um, you just look at what surrounds our game. I'm going to tell you, seventy percent of the Super Bowl is not related to the players. Yeah. <laughs> you think about that. 
70% yeah. of the activity and the actions and all the, the things, the flair and the flow about the Super Bowl is not related to the players. It's the big production of the hype. It's a big production of this. Yeah. Everything is marketing. Everything is the, the internet. I mean, this thing is just taking the game away from what it used to be when you could just grab a jacket, put a hat on, mama, get the babies in the car. Let's go to the game. We're going to go watch Oof. it. And that was old school. It was genuine. It was realistic. There was no fluff. There was no pop and stance. There's no flair. It was just grit and grind and the nature of the game. Today, it's a lot yeah. different. And that's in all genres. And I'd like to say the NBA took the lead on that yeah. a few years ago mm. yeah. because it wants to be the hip hop industry in athletics well then nfl is a strong arm on it they're not going to let that go so they're building their coffers i mean you think about it everybody i guarantee you 90 percent i'm going to go on the line 90 percent of former players ain't worried about who's playing at halftime yeah yeah i mean 90 percent of the players that have played in this game is not concerned about who's going to have a wardrobe flop we're not concerned about that. As a matter of fact, when the game is on, in between the quarters and at halftime, we don't have our eyes on the TV. Yeah, I, it's a very yeah. valid point. I mean, and yeah. I got to be honest as a, as as the get off my lawn older middle aged guy now. <laughs> neither do I. I could care less. Yeah. I was thinking back to Super Bowl fourteen, the game you played in, widely considered one of the best head-to-head battles into the fourth quarter. I don't even remember. Was there a halftime show? I don't even remember. I remember when the game started, all the flash cubes, because no one had cell phones back then. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was was grass. It was dirt. It was mud. It was dudes playing football. And you're right. It's a different generation today that these coaches now have to walk in and be able to relate to these guys. I mean- You think about about these players today, and my actual real first head coach- you're going to be blown away. George Allen. Ooh, Remember when dope. he was with the Rams for a handful of, of weeks? Yep, yep, I do. And the vets ran him out. Yeah, You probably don't know that story. Really? Oh, you don't no. know that story. Do oh. tell, number 88. Oh, oh my God. George, no, Allen. George Allen. That's another day story, but uh, we'll, we'll have to tell that one day on one of the okay. podcasts. That was my introduction to the NFL George Allen was a head coach, but I was getting to the point is you tell me what guys, young guys today could play under George Allen. Oh, yeah. Been a long Chuck Noll and some of all these other guys. Oh, they couldn't have played. No. I mean, you wouldn't survive. Yeah. You've gone on record as not having the best time under John Robinson. Um, (laughs) You know that. Yeah. I mean, these guys, I honestly think when the news broke on Belichick and the Atlanta Falcons and then Raheem getting hired, Mm My first thought was, yeah, they don't want that guy in the locker room. Yeah, they just yeah. he's he's old, and yeah. we've all heard about the Patriot way, and mm-hmm. so fast. Okay, folks, that's what we call a teaser. That's Mr. Teaser. Denard is going <laughs> to drop us a George Allen story for the old timers yeah. down the road. Can't, yeah, we will. It. it may come soon. <laughs> so interesting. So sticking with the coaching theme and shifting gears, might I add, I am loving your colors for our YouTube uh, audience. The Los Angeles Chargers. I almost said San Diego. Yeah, you did. You did. I almost did it. But, but you wouldn't be wrong. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I still, old school. Jim Harbaugh. He goes yeah. out and wins the college national championship. Great game. Great bunch mm-hmm. of players in that game. And 
within weeks, he is now the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers in the second biggest media market up against mm-hmm. Sean McVay, the young hip guy with who's got his own coaching tree now. And he's got Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. What is your take on this coaching hire? What do you foresee happening here? A plus, A plus, A plus. Oof. Let's get let's get ready to rock and roll. Okay. They will be the darling of Southern California Whoa. for at least the next couple of years. Next couple really? of years getting started. Oh, yeah. It's the greatest attraction. It's the greatest relationship. It's the greatest marketing package that's out there. And you couldn't have asked for a better union of a coach and team youthfulness just to creativity that's involved in both the change of venue meaning having the chargers up in the LA market is just perfect and right for them to just take over as the darling of the National Football League you heard it here wow Mm-hmm. I did not expect that solid prediction out of you. That is yeah. incredible. Listen, Chargers have always been my uh, my AFC team since I was a little kid, mm-hmm. and but to have them sharing with my Rams is a little awkward and weird now. But Justin Herbert mm-hmm. is one of my favorite players in the league. Watched him in yep. college, obviously in Oregon. I knew he'd be a better pro than a college player. I think I should be a scout folks anybody interested okay but <laughs> to team him with Harbaugh who got the most out of Colin Kaepernick do you expect to see an uptick out of Herbert exactly and here's the other reason um and you can see my confidence in this move the thing that Bilicek or any other coach would have to do in the same position in uh the Charger organization today this very second they would have to hire that additional person to do what Harbaugh can bring to the table immediately. It's the perfect relationship for a young quarterback. Just look at it. You oh. can't find a better fit. I don't know how you would. I mean, I, I full confession, I was always hoping that when Matt Stafford went, we'd find a way to get Justin mm-hmm. Herbert for McVay because mm-hmm. Herbert's talent, he's Dan Marino of his generation. And I don't <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping he doesn't end up being Dan Marino without a Super Bowl ring of this generation, yeah. unless it's against the Rams, of course. But True. I think that that is an absolutely amazing marriage. And they didn't mm-hmm. even begin to interview a Bill Belichick no, in that role. No. Well, and I can also say this too, Stacey. I don't believe that just happened yesterday. That's been going on for a while. Mm-hmm. That conversation has been in place for a while. That whole picture has been painted and the recruiting was started months and months and months ago. Okay. Um, it's just inevitable that this was not put together in a very comfortable and confident measure. We knew Harbaugh was trying to get there. Yeah. What better measure to be motivated than to win the national championship? I knew right then he's gone. He's gone. He set his university back up. He put them in a great position. It's just perfect. You couldn't have written this script any better. Yeah, I got. I mean, I got to agree. I was skeptical because he's pulled this before. I thought yep. maybe he would go back to Ann Arbor. There's so much romance around that program now, and the recruiting has to be off the charts after the win. But you're right. I mean, he wanted to get back into the NFL. And what better than to have one of the best quarterbacks? I don't care what anybody says about the wins losses. If you watch Chargers football, you see that Herbert's got them in that game every week. Mm -hmm. The shocking part was the talent on defense that didn't seem to gel. But Jim Harbaugh, 
Justin Herbert. We've seen mm-hmm. him with quarterbacks, whether it's J.J. McCarthy, whether it was Colin Kaepernick, whether mm-hmm. it was Alex Smith back mm-hmm. in the Niners days. Right. This guy is a – can we call him a quarterback whisperer? I don't know. <laughs> no. Is it you fair? can call him a really good darn coach. Yeah. Because he's well-balanced yeah. all the way across the board. He knows how to hire. He puts the right people in place. And he coaches his coaches. That used yeah. to be the old adage back in the day, coaching your coaches. Yeah. Now people expect you to come on and to coach. And now the situation is everybody's bringing their own uh, <laughs> resume to the table with their yeah. ability to do what they can do. Harbaugh is just perfect. You Look at the number of people that want to come in and, 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 and coach and play under him. Now I'm going to throw something at you. Yeah. With this hire, with everything in place, with the attraction of it, with just perfect. Isn't this perfect for the NFL? Oh, you yeah. You got two huge. brothers that are just huge, that are strong, that are going to coach two strong programs. One's on the East Coast. One's, this is a storybook deal here, man. It just lines up to be the perfect segue from this playoffs heading into next year's NFL season. Oh, it's such a great point. I mean, I've I've allowed myself to go forward in time and thought, are we about to see an AFC championship uh, for the next two, three years, Herbert versus Lamar Jackson? Mm. Uh, I mean, the antithesis mm. of each other, one's an athletic, uh, t- he's probably going to be a two-time MVP by then in Jackson. Herbert, <laughs> the statuesque, large gun slinging. I mean, this, you're right, man. I mean, these are the storylines Roger Goodell lives for. Yes, he does. He does. And and then one more for you, the last one, wouldn't you want to be Harbaugh right now and have the first pick, your first desired pick? What do you think Um, he'll do? I'm going to ask you, what do you think he'll do? You're talking about Jim Harbaugh and the Chargers? Jim Harbaugh. Okay. What would be his desired pick, personal desired pick? I'm going to structural. I'm just going to give my own thought on this. I don't think it's J.J. McCarthy. I think he'll be gone. But I do see him going after his running back, Corum. That's my thought. That's, That's my thought. But he's got I hadn't had thought that. He's got I some players was, on D. He's got some, yeah. Yeah. Something tells me he wants to get a jump and giving his QB another weapon. Oh, wide out. Okay. How many, how many good ones are coming out this year? Oh, so many. There's oh enough. my gosh. Marvin I Harrison just, Jr., oh, the kid from Washington that he just oh, watched. Yeah. Oregon State. I mean, there's all oh, the kids yeah. are all over the place, man. Oh, boy. Wow. Washington. I mean, there's, there's so many of them. And, and and I tell you what, the one I like is up in Washington. You like that kid? Oduze. Oduze. He yeah. is. He would be good as a charger. I'm going to have to agree on that. <laughs> he's anyway, got, yeah, he's, he doesn't have the size, but he reminds me of Larry Fitzgerald in that yes. he can yes. go possession. He can go deep. That kid is really good. Love him. Love him. Yeah. Love Interesting him. point. So okay. we both think that maybe he'll dip into his own offensive backyard. Oh yeah. That's now okay. that's where he's most. That's him. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Chest out that, offense, quarterback, throw the ball. I got it. Yeah. A lot of fun to watch this. Yeah. What a great, what a great offseason so far in terms of the code. Yeah, I loved Michigan winning. I, I got the national championship game I wanted. Yeah. We talked about it uh prior. Uh Michigan, Washington, yeah. Michael Penix, what a stud. Oh, 
Um, so much to talk about. Okay, we got to shift gears because we are up against it, folks, in terms yeah. of time. This is NFL Championship Weekend. Yes, it is. We've got the final four teams, the final four. I want to ask you what you predict, and I want to start in the AFC because the NFC is my favorite. So going to the AFC, here we go again. Mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes in a battle royale of styles. Mm -hmm. The battle of the MVP, which I don't think it is. Lamar Jackson is it. He's going to win. Point blank. Point blank. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and that's a whole discussion because – why would he be the MVP? What is the MVP? What does that reflect? What yeah. does that mean? Is it truly all stats? Is it truly yeah. all popularity? We really don't have our hands on it. But as far as functionality, production, and results, Lamar Jackson, MVP. Yeah. You take them off the Ravens, and they're just an average team. We saw it against there the Texans. Mm-hmm. Like when that game was kind of tight there in the first half, yep. CJ Stroud is such a stud. We'll get to him someday, but <laughs> it, 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 Lamar Jackson took the game over. Yeah, it did. That was it. I mean, he, they had no answer for him and it was a blowout in the second half. And by the way, tip my hat to Tamiko Ryans and the Texans. What a, <sighs> what a season, but yeah. I, I agree with you, Matt. So going into this game, Patrick Mahomes battle the MVPs. Uh, Mahomes is on the road. As Baltimore gets its first AFC championship at home, who do you like? Okay. Uh, who's capable? Both of them are. Oh, uh, yeah. The visitors, capable of going in there and winning because they got the right yeah. players. They got oh, yeah. it's the it's the perfect game and setup for this semifinal or heading into the Super Bowl. So um I like Baltimore. I like them slight advantage. I like for the results to come from an MVP play. That's what's going to happen. Now, the true essence of the success of the game and the winner is going to come who makes the least amount of mistakes, inclusive of turnovers, interceptions, missed tackles, uh, missed assignments, jumping off sides. All those things I consider to be in the stupidity basket because those are the things that hurt you these days at this stage of the game, and they don't need to be realized. Those are the things that you took care of biz week one in training camp. So now it's time to go out and perform and to be ready to put forth that one effort that Bruce Lee always talks about, (laughs) like water. It should just flow. You shouldn't have to think about what you're going to do Sunday. I love it. I, that's one of my favorite quotes. Mm-hmm. He just dropped a Bruce Lee reference on us, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, no, I agree. And I I, I got to ask you this. Do, mm-hmm. do we give the edge, if this game gets tight, mm-hmm. uh, and Lamar Jackson is so dynamic, but mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes is packing the experience. Mm-hmm. I they And they are on the... They're on the edge if they can win this and win another Super Bowl. Are we talking dynasty? Like classic 70s, 80s dynasties? Because the Chiefs, I mean, they've been here. What was the stat that Mahomes is in five of his six years, he's played in an AFC championship game? What? Yep, an AFC championship I mean, game. that's bonkers. Mm-hmm. This game is going to be a battle of two quarterbacks that couldn't be more different. Mm-hmm. And you're picking the Ravens slightly. Mm-hmm. If I heard you correctly, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm getting Ravens. Now, um, this sort of dives into my other thought, so it's probably going to be a carryover. But um, 
Boy, I'm getting ready to hurt some people, but um, there's no dynasty in this. Oh. Let me tell you why. Okay. See, the makeup of this game is different. And the old phrases that were used in the past no longer equate to what the game is today. Dynasty, there won't be a dynasty anymore. Okay. Boy, and I tell you, uh, here I go. I'm dumping into my other thought, but I'm going to do it. Because the makeup of what a dynasty is, is the cloth, the fabric of that program. When you think about the Steelers, you could name all those old Steelers. Uh, You could name the defense. You can identify the offense, who the ballers were. You can identify who was consistent year in and year out and why they won two, three, or in four, five, six Super Bowls, okay? You can call those a dynasty because they were in place year in and year out. You can identify a dynasty as a blanketed covering of the consistency of a team like the Steelers, like the Cowboys in the Doomsday defense, Mm, like the Minnesota Vikings, the Purple People Leaders, the L.A. Rams, the Fearsome Foursome Days. I mean, those were dynasties. They didn't have to represent championships. You hear what I'm saying? It's a good point. They don't have to represent championships, but they always were consistently. When you talk about Mahomes, oh, he's been in the AFC championship, blah, blah, blah. Well, there's been others that's done that. Yeah. Maybe not the same number. Jim and Kelly. right off the bat, but they've all done that. Yeah. So be careful how you identify what you think is a dynasty because they come seasonal. And if you identified and broke them out as seasonal, Dynasties, I could accept something like that, but there's no dynasties. And there won't be any more other than what they used to know them as in the past. It's, I, I mean, it's a great point. We, we're going to have to do a whole episode and unpack yeah. that a little yeah. bit because that the game has changed so much. I mean, th- those guys that you just reeled off the top of your head, there was, mm-hmm. that was before free agency. <laughs> I mean, go. these guys stayed on a team for 15 years. That's why the Steelers and the Cowboys mm-hmm. have entire wings in the Pro Football yeah. Hall of Fame. It's ridiculous. You think they can call Very good point. today Brotherhood? You think yeah. the guys could call Brotherhood today? No, they can't nah. do that. You, nope. you tell me how many guys would be able to say, yeah, oh, yeah, I had a teammate I played with eight years, 10 years, 12 years. They can't say that. Yeah, that's a good point. We just saw it with Matt Stafford returning to the Detroit Lions and getting booed. Yeah. 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 It's a very yeah. interesting point. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> As we get ready for... NFL Championship Weekend. We got to switch to the NFC in our closing minutes. I am so ridiculously excited for this game. The Detroit Lions and probably the story of the year versus the San Francisco 49ers. And to your point, Kyle Shanahan returning to an NFC Championship game for the 10 billionth time. Who do you like in this game and what do you make of the quarterbacks? Jared Goff in a redemption year. I'm a huge fan of his. And Brock Purdy, who's just getting trash-talked everywhere like he has no talent, which is absurd. (laughs) Well, let me tell you this, my friend. First of all, Brock can play. And he's a baller. And he comes from the makeup out of Arizona where he was designed to be successful. He went to college and did that. So I already know. I'm not worried about him. I also know this, too. San Francisco is built to be a championship team. 
The only difference that it will be taken away from them are those things, those caveats I gave earlier about mistakes and turnovers and and drop balls and jumping off sides and all those kind of things. Whoever makes the least amount of those and hardly any at all are going to be victorious. Big plays are going to come. There's no way to play these games without being big play. But I truly do think San Francisco is designed to win. I'm pulling for Detroit. Me too. You know why? Because I love Jared Goff. Me you know too. why I love Jared Goff? Because Jared Goff is a baller. He is me. He is a guy that got dealt. And he went somewhere else. And he still proved he was a baller. Now, he may not be your cup of tea, as one of my dear friends tells me. He may not be your cup of tea. He may not flip that ball out the way you like it. But he's in the semifinals. <laughs> Uh, people can say whatever he's they in want. He's the conference championship game, and he's got a chance to upset. He's going to make a name of himself in this game for no other reason than he survived the nastiness that he went through, and he's up on top. Yep. I'm pulling for him personally. Oh, and me too. Hey, and he's still a Ram. Yeah, and he's still once a Ram, <laughs> always a Ram in my book. Uh I love Jared. He's from my hometown. His dad was the big yep. man on campus at our high school. Mm-hmm. And Jared is a good, good dude. Mm-hmm. I have never understood the narrative around him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't be more excited for him tomorrow. I hope he has the game of a lifetime. Oh, yeah. I would love to see the Lions win the Super Bowl for that city yeah. and those fans. Mm-hmm. It's just an unbelievable story. But, uh, you know, the narrative around Brock Purdy is almost similar to what Goff's has been the last yeah, four to yeah. five years. Oh, he's just got a bunch of great players around yeah. him. And folks, no one else throws the ball or reads the defense but them. Yeah, <laughs> it's that's very true. strange. That's true. Like, that's true. yeah, the coach is throwing the ball. The, what? <laughs> I mean, and that's so funny. And you know what? Somebody's got to throw him the ball, right? I, who, who doesn't want Debo Samuels around you? I, who yeah. doesn't want Brandon? That's, who doesn't want those guys? Kittle, I mean, come on. That's what it's that's how you build a championship team. Yeah. It's the Put best team game guy. on earth. <laughs> yeah. Just strange. It's the strangest stories that uh come out of the narrative with these two quarterbacks. Right. Yeah. And I think it's gonna be the game of the day tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I am rooting for Dan Campbell and his squad. They did it the right way in the draft with players and they built a culture. It's a little old school. I guess yeah. that's why I love it. I love it. So you are picking Ravens and Lions. That's your mm-hmm. hopes. Yeah. I the reality I hate... of it probably is going to be the Ravens and San Francisco, but I would love yeah. to see the other. Yeah. So I agree with that. Okay. I have a feeling I'm going to predict right now, and I'm going to go with my heart in the NFC. I'm going to say the Lions somehow overcome Kyle Shanahan Ooh. and that running game, <laughs> which is the which is going to be the difference in the game. And I am going to go. I. I hate saying this because I'd like to see Lamar in a Super Bowl. I mm. think Patrick Mahomes is going to find a way. Thanks. I just do. So I'm going to go Chiefs-Lions, and Jared Goff has won all of his head-to-head matchups with Patrick Mahomes. So there's our Super Bowl prediction, folks. There you go, folks. You heard it right here. <laughs> all right, my friend. Welcome back. It is great to see you. Yes, and sir. for our loyal <laughs> listeners and watchers on our YouTube channel, We are back in the saddle. We're going to bring you some interviews as we have with some of the gridiron greats, and that will continue in the next few weeks. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to cover some of the top NFL stories in college football and the NFL, excuse me. 
So stay tuned for that. Tune into our channel. My friend, it is good to see you again. Thank you, sir. I felt a little lost, like I uh, had <laughs> missed my brother from another mother, and uh, we're back in 2024. Oh, we're ready to roll. We're ready to roll. All right, folks, follow us on Gridiron Icon. You can find us on all the usual spots and the major podcast platforms. For myself and the great Preston Denard, don't eat too much chip and dip tomorrow. <laughs> Please. <laughs> and we will see you all next week. All righty.